Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. Hey, Jerome. We've been we've been gone for a little bit. We have been. Uh, you want to tell the people why we've been? Sure, I'll tell the people why. Uh, well, we have been gone because um, Constance has been very busy moving her business. Congratulations. And Thank you. Where is it now? It's in Elmwood Park. Hit It Fitness. Uh, bigger, better, small business friendly community. So now we're, um, you know. Cool spots to hang out. Cool spots to hang out. As we know, Jerome um, got to hang out in the hood, the EP hood, the other, the other what, last week? Okay. Did you I'm, have fun? Yeah, I'm not going to call that the hood, though. Oh, oh yeah, because you're that's, black. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different hood. It's a different hood. It's the EP hood. Well, I mean, it, it's sort of misleading. People would Oh, they'll think, think it's like that kind hood. of hood? Oh, okay. Okay. So congratulations on, on moving your business. And... And what's our, what are we talking about today? All right. So today, well, first of all, my sister, who is the biggest pain in my ass, has been nagging me about being a guest because we've asked everybody else to be a guest except her. And so we find that we have to do it just so I don't have to listen to her anymore. Your sister's pretty cool. Well, she's cool. She's got a, a plethora of knowledge about toxic relationships. She really is. Um, she's got her PhD in it just like I do. Okay. And just like you do. All right. Well, let's let's bring her on. All right. Let's get her going. Michelle? Hi, Constance. Oh, hi. Hi, sister. How are you? How are you? Fine. How are you? <laughs> Don't try to act like you're all sweet and innocent. I am. I'm the nicest <laughs> sister in the world. I'm the nice sister. I'm the nice, beautiful sister. Smart one, too. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm the younger one. So all right. I'll, I'll let you guys oh, fight that out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Jerome um, is your trainer. Yes. Hi, yes. Michelle. Hey, Michelle. All right. How so that's it? how we know, all know each other. Now you all know how we're all interconnected. Um, so my, my sister and I share the same mother. Lucky us. We're so lucky. Um, and so I thought, you know what? Instead of me always talking about my experiences, let's have somebody else talk about theirs. All right. Right, Jerome? That's right. All right. So when it comes to narcissistic mothers, Michelle, um, how did you know our mother was toxic? from the get-go? How did you know? How old were you and how did you figure it out? I think I was pretty young because I didn't really like her at all. I mean, when I was like, so when she was married to my father, they got divorced when I was very young. I was like two or three. And um, I just didn't like her at all. She was not, she just wasn't nice. Like she would say mean things about my dad, say mean things about my dad's side of the family. She did everything, and she would threaten me, you know, like, if I wasn't good, I couldn't go see my dad. So that was kind of a problem for me because I was very close to my father. Um, but I remember, like, not wanting to live with her. I always wanted to live with my father. I used to just, I just didn't like her. She just was mean. Like, I just, I don't know. I was afraid of her, I guess. She was scary. She was a scary mom. She wasn't the kind of mom, like, you would go to for comfort at all she was kind of like like it was like she was a cactus 
loving a captain. Hmm. Wow. And and so how did how so, did that affect yeah. you? Did you so you couldn't go to her if you had a problem or if you needed comforting? Where did where did you find that? No, sh- uh, my dad. I okay. think that's him. I don't know what I would have done without my father. But um, you know, even as a young little girl, like she would say such hurtful things to me, and I just didn't even know. What to, I don't think I even knew what to do with it. There was no sense of comfort or support or like you know you would, I guess normal, like my kids would come to me when they would cry or my kids tell me stuff I would never tell my mother, would never have shared with my mother, any kind of feelings I would never share with my mother. And, um, I would tell or I would talk to my father, like I was comfortable telling him anything, knowing he would not judge me or use it against me. And my mother used to love to use stuff against you. Once you told her or she found a crack in your psyche, she would get in there as much as she could. Wouldn't you agree, Constance? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would definitely agree. Yeah. Now, you and I are really, really close. We're 14 years apart. Right? 14? Yeah, we're 12 years apart. Oh, 12. 12, 12 14, whatever. It's all the same. 12 years apart. Okay. And, and you're really close. Are you, and we're are you super sure? close. I don't even know how, how old she is. Uh, 12 years apart. And <laughs> do, <laughs> do you feel like you and I, because I was much younger when you left the house, obviously, and got married. Did you feel like a connection to me, not just because you're my sister, but did you feel it more because you knew what I was going to be going through? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember when I, well, when I was fine, when, when I was a sophomore in high school was when I went to go live with my father and it was, um, I felt bad leaving you because I knew what I was leaving you in. And I knew after I left, it would be a very long time before I would see you because I knew our mother would be angry with me and not talk to me because there would be times when and Constance has shared this, like in our house where people would go not a day or days or weeks without talking. They would go months without talking. And you could be living in the same home, sitting at the same dinner table, and there would be no conversation because you're not talking to them. Nor wow. do you want to be speaking or making any kind of eye contact for fear of getting, in, getting hit or getting in trouble or words, horrible words being said to you. So you just walk down eggshells all the time. At least I did. And so... I was 12 when Constance was born and um, things in our house were a little bit better at that time because my mother had married her father two years prior and they lived together. There was a whole, they had a very volatile relationship. When I was very little, he moved into the, Constance's dad moved into our apartment with us and he was always there. So I knew her dad, Don, for my entire life. But it was, um, I can't explain. Anyway, what, what was your question? I mean, there's so much here. So, so how so did material? I don't even know where. To start <laughs> so, so how did you? So you had the sense that this was not a um, a normal parent-child relationship. Um, no, not at all. It was it was not at all. Mm-mm. But but how did you? It was like you're because I had such comfort with my father. I think. Oh, got it. Okay, because you know we've talked to other people and the. There's this idea of uh, a lot of people just felt like, oh, this is this is normal. This is how it's supposed to. This is how things are supposed to be. But because of your father, you feel sure, like you. My, that was my normal. Absolutely, that was my normal. That that was my mother, and that was my normal. And I knew that was normal. I mean, that was my normal. So I didn't know really that there was like that you weren't supposed to not like your mother, or you weren't you weren't supposed to trust your mother. That was my mother. I just had to deal with that. And I saw other people, like, how they reacted with their moms or 
my girl, like as I got older, like my girlfriends with their moms and dads. And I, I get, I didn't, I just didn't get it. I just thought that was not normal, I guess. But I, I had, there was a lot of love because I had, my grandmother loved me. My aunts loved me. My cousins loved me. My mother loved me in her own way, I guess, even though it was mean. And my father loved me. So there was love. It wasn't like there was no love, but my mom was just very manipulative and very, played a lot of head games with you, very calculating, um, extremely narcissistic, and just in general, just mean. Like she, everything that woman did was there was a calculation to. Explain would to you the, agree, yes, I would totally agree. Explain to the audience what made her narcissistic in, in your, um, you know, unprofessional way. Um, in my unprofessional way. Okay. Uh, well, everything was always about her, no matter what it was, it was about her. So let's take mother's day, for instance, mother's mother's day was the most dreaded holiday in my life. I would have such anxiety over mother's day. Because no matter what it was you did, it was never going to be good enough. So when I was 10, I made her a card. So I was 10 years old. I made her a card. And I remember she got mad because I didn't go buy her a card or I didn't buy her a gift. Well, I was 10. So what was I going to do for money or how was I going to accomplish that? Right. Wow. That must have been. Right? So it was horrible. And then another time, I was probably in high school, like, I don't know, maybe a freshman in high school. Maybe I was in eighth grade. And I remember I bought an umbrella. It was this purple umbrella with a duck's head at the bottom. And I thought it was just the cutest thing. I got it at Madigan. <laughs> at Madigan. And I was excited to give it to her. And I gave it to her. And she got so mad that I bought her an umbrella. You bought me this motherfucking umbrella for Mother's Day. And, and the Whoa. other part with Mother's Day was I was with my dad every other weekend. Sometimes his weekend was on that Sunday of Mother's Day, which meant I had to come home early. And I didn't want to do that because I was having fun by my father's house. And enjoying myself. And then I had to go back home early, which was just not cutting it for me. Because that meant the following weekend I wasn't going to see my dad. And I had to spend extra time at home, which I always tried to avoid anyway. Plus, it was Mother's Day. And she was on a rampage. I'll never forget that day. I walked in. She was sitting at the kitchen table, smoking a cigarette. She was annoyed that I came from my dad's house. And it was probably afternoon. I said, Happy Mother's Day. Gave her the gift. And she opened it and was pissed off to no end his thoughts and and, this, and, I, and, how, old, out, and how old were you it, when it you gave her the umbrella i was probably an eighth grader a freshman in high school wow okay so yeah. how has that yeah. translated to your adult life what is mother's day like for you say as as a young mother or now that your kids are you know both grown what what's mother's day like mother's day was horrible for me for my children because I had such anxiety over it, literally had anxiety over it that I was, I would just kind of not breathe, like not breathe that day. And I just didn't even want to acknowledge it. And they were cute because they want, they were like, it's mother's day. And they would want to acknowledge it or do their little, you know, when they're preschool, kindergarten or whatever, they, they would make you their little gifts. And, and I appreciated all of the gifts and it was sweet, but I never got to, um, I never allowed myself to enjoy that because it was like, it was such a, I can't even explain it. It was, I, I had PTSD, I think. Well, but yeah, that's what, that's I what I was going to say. Through. It's almost like you have PTSD mm -hmm. from, from Mother's Day. But, and then how mm -hmm. do you, how do you think you got to the point where your example of motherhood was, was toxic, but, but you're really good with your kids. Now, what do you think made well, you? My, 
my dad married a woman when I was um, in second grade. Her name is Arlene. Um, my dad met her, and I liked her when I was very little. He actually um, introduced me to her, and then, you know, I got to know her. And he actually asked me, before he asked her to marry him, he said, how would you like it if I got married to Arlene? Would that be okay? And wow. I said, yeah, because I really liked her a lot, and she was awesome. Um, so had I said no, my father wouldn't have married her. He would have waited. And um, I said yes. So they, he married Arlene, and she was like the greatest thing that ever happened to us. If it wasn't for this woman, I would not know so many things. And she really showed me ways of being a good mom. And how to love somebody in that way, in a mother's role. Um, so she kind of became you know, your to, your example of of what motherhood should be. Yes, yes, totally. She was the one that really helped. I mean, she. Anytime my dad would pick me up, and I would go to their house, like she never, I never felt begrudged by her. She always included me in things. Whenever I was very, when I was very little, I remember the first time I heard her introduce me. She says, "This is our daughter, Michelle. It's my, you know, she's Mike's daughter. It's is our daughter. She's Mike's daughter from his first marriage." And I was like, "Our daughter." You know, Constance's dad never introduced me that way, and I knew him a lot longer. Um, I was always Connie's daughter, and it's not because he was a mean person or he was being. He just wasn't that type of person to be that aware of there was a little kid that was there. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then your, and your stepmother just, went the extra level to, to actually um, bring you into the family or make you feel as though, you know, she was also your, your mom and not just yeah, the and, woman that your dad exactly, married. And I was important. Yeah. And I was important. I was important. I was very important. You know, when I would go there, we would go to the library. She showed me how to go to, to, go to the library. She got me my first library card. She taught me how, because of her, I learned how to ice skate. She, they taught me how to ski. We went sledding. We, um, on the weekends when I was with my dad, we were, you know, there was always something that we were doing, whether we were, we were doing it as a family. So I kind of got that family unit finally of whether we're staying at home, you know, and, and I would have a friend over or we were at a family function or, you know, we'd go ice skating or roller skating or playing in the yard or whatever it was. That was more, that was my taste of normalcy of what it should be like to be in a healthy family without having a narcissistic parent. Whereas, my mother was not that way. Like she didn't read a book to me, didn't play a game, didn't, you know, she didn't sit and play with me. Um, I, I, I remember playing outside in the snow with her one time when we lived in an apartment, she was shoveling the snow. And that was the one time that we played in the snow. Um, she never took me to the movies. Like my dad took me to the movies. She, she took me on two vacations. That was it where she was going on vacation to Vegas or Acapulco or Mexico with Constance's dad. And I was left behind. Um, where my dad and his wife, they would take me on, like the vacations revolved around whether or not I was going to be with my, with my, I call them my parents, with my parents, with my dad and Arlene. I, that's what it was revolved around. So it was a very different um, situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Um, I think, you know, it's funny because we always, we talk about Mother's Day, which is actually going to be, around the corner. Um, and, you know, our mother has passed away now, but we would always laugh because she hated, Michelle hated Mother's Day. And I loved it because I was a mom and it was like, I was like on stage and I was like, it is my day. Like, where's my card? Where's my gifts? Where's my flowers? Nope. And then I'd forget nope. 
that I would forget about my own mother. And it would be like 4 p.m. And either Michelle would call me like, did you call your mother for Mother's Day? Like, did you call her? I'm like, oh, shit. So why do you think you forgot your mother? Well, she wasn't very memorable. (laughs) (laughs) But it was like... my My mother also left my sister at a much younger age. I was in a adult relate in a, in a relationship. I had a relationship with my mother on a regular basis until I got married at the age of 23 or 24. And, um, Constance didn't see my mother on a regular basis because my mother left her when she was a sophomore in high school. So there is, wow. that could be true. Yeah. My sister, which, which they- is, um, yeah. I mean, she wasn't like, I worked for my mom at her store. I, you know, I had holidays with her. I, I did like, suffer through and try to make things work with my mother. Whereas my sister really didn't have to because her mother left her. So it was kind of a lot, you know, like out of, out of sight, out of mind. So that made it a lot easier. That's true. I never thought about that. That could be, but I'm also, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like my day, like this is my day to shine. Like I'm going to, you know, (laughs) and then I'd forget about my own mother and then, Oh my God, would the, you know, shit hit the fan because it'd be 4 PM and I haven't called my mother and, you know, the only reason I'd remember is usually because my sister would remind me. Um, and then, boy, and if, was I in for it. And if, and if that phone call didn't come before a certain time of day, holy hell, you were in trouble. <laughs> do you want to tell right? the audience, um, were, do you want to tell the audience what I bought her for Christmas? The, her, for <laughs> for oh her God. last Christmas? Well, I, I just think. I think this is just because you're stupid. I, I so my my so my mother's food allergies, like which really wasn't the thing back in the day, but she had food allergies. She was allergic to allergic to nuts, raw nuts especially, and walnuts definitely definitely allergic. She was allergic to certain fruits, uh, like with pits, like um, peaches, apricots, um, you know, plums, those kind of things. So my, and my my mother had stage four lung cancer. And was dying, and so it was. It was the week before she passed away. We didn't realize she was going to pass away two weeks later. But my sister sends her a tray of dried fruits and nuts and a book on how to die gracefully. I mean, who does oh, that? Oh but wait, What's wait, with you? wait a minute. Let's let's back oh, it up. Wait. Oh wait, oh wait, no, 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 no. We got to stop here for just a second. I mean, I, we got to unpack this. We we got to unpack this for for just a for just a minute. Okay, so you you bought her a package of dried fruits and nuts. Uh, listen, and, it and came a, on wait, a beautiful wait, 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 wait. platter. It came and, on a beautiful and a book on how to die gracefully. Yes. So you, did you you felt like yes. you were helping her along? You're going to give her these things yes. that might kill her, and then she was sending her. Yeah, she was sending her healthy snacks, <laughs> and I said to her, "Are you trying to kill her before the cancer does? Because she's so allergic to that stuff, she'll die." She goes, "She is." Holy cow, do you not know this woman? Like, she can't eat grapes, she can't eat raisins, and my sister, what does she do? Sends her a whole thing. But you, now, you didn't know this. Well, I forgot. I sent her a, I did not mean to send her a platter of death, okay? I didn't mean to. But, wow. hold on, in I'm, my defense, I'm, Michelle. I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm more afraid of you yeah. now. <laughs> in, <laughs> in my defense, was the woman you just we she just told you about the umbrella like shopping from this woman yeah. nothing was good enough you could think this was the best gift no. on earth and it was like you would i mean I, the sure. last the last gift i got her that was pajamas before the death platter and the art of dying gracefully okay 
And she was yeah. so mad about those pajamas, so mad because the way that they Why? came, the way that the, they yes. they came all jumbled. I go, I, I don't I don't know how Amazon well, packs their hold on a second. clothing. Oh, it was Amazon. Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, that was not my fault. Yeah. So she was mad about the pajamas. And I thought, what can I get a dying woman? I mean, she was on her last And you're like, leg. I'm going to help her along. <laughs> I could oh, get her the gift God. of... I just thought if I was dying, I would love to read about it so I wouldn't feel nervous and scared. And I thought the book would help. Oh, my well, God. I, I, think it's, I think it's the yeah. combination of the thing that would kill her <laughs> along with the book about how to die gracefully. In retrospect, I think maybe chapter one was eat a platter, eat a platter of food that you're allergic to. <laughs> right. Oh chapter my god! One, eat a platter of food that you're allergic to. Do not use your EpiPen. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I almost, I was like, what did you do to her? Are you, are you really? Yeah, she did not. She's she like, didn't what? talk to me I, after that. Let's just put it that way. And then she died a, a month later. Um, okay, so do, well, not do, even. A do couple guys, even. do either of you guys should have we, a memory of a gift that you gave your mom that she said, "Oh my god, thank you so much. I love this." Hmm. Well, when she was sick, I bought her a walker because she was having a hard time getting around um, because her, she had all kinds of issues. So I bought her a walker, and she did thank me for the walker. Thank I, you so much. A walker is just like the book. It helps me get from what you get a walker, I, and I get a I get a book about dying. I don't see the difference. I do. She was able. She was able to get around. Then she can go to the casino and gamble, and had a little seat <laughs> for her to sit down because her back hurt. It was all. It all, she was really happy. She's like, thank you so much. I bought her a red one so it didn't look black and like an old lady. Yeah, it was, I was shocked when she thanked me for it, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, that goes, that goes hand in hand with the whole thing. Like our brother said, you didn't do anything for mommy when she was dying and sick. You didn't do anything for her. No, I just thought about the walker and coming there once a month to cook and or once every couple of weeks to cook and bring groceries. and Right, like nothing you did was that, regardless, happened. regardless no. of. The walker, what regardless, whatever you did was never enough. And I, that I was the that message. Was, I think that no. was my kind of my question is, did you ever, you know, exactly what you said, yeah. nothing was ever good enough. I remember we used to get my parents, especially my dad. I mean, we would get like for Father's Day, he'd, he'd get like some weird tie or some like stinky cologne. And, you know, he acted like it was the <laughs> best thing he ever got, you know. And so, and, and of course, it went into the yeah. closet and he never used it. You know, and then we didn't find that out till later, but there's, you know, but there's this thing of, you know, being a kid, it just kind of destroys you if you do something, oh. you know, for this person that you're like Mother's wired. Day. It was, it was any holiday you got or anything. It was any holiday that you got anything. It was, it was not going to be good enough or it was a joke or what am I going to do with this? Or, you know, it was, it was really any holiday. And as you got older, it got really hard because you should know better by now of what, what kind of gift you should get. And you still can't find anything for the woman who has everything and you don't know what to get for her. Now, what would I do with this? She would say, what would I do with that? What? Oh, that's a stupid gift. Yeah. Wow. That is, I mean, that is pretty hard. I mean, there's this person that you are, you know, hardwired to love almost and seek approval from, and they're disapproving of what you do. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. It is. Well, in addition to the fact, like I said, she, with her cold and calculating-ness of who she is or who she was, you never knew. I mean, when she was being nice and we were getting along, I always was so skeptical of, as I got older, I learned that you can't let your guard down with her either because it's like, a, it's like the fox in the hen house. You let the fox in the hen house, they make, he makes friends with the, with the hen, 
but eventually he's going to eat the egg. And that's exactly how she was. Eventually she would go in for the kill and then leave you in a puddle of tears. Yeah, that's a good analogy. So, okay, last question. Knowing all that you know, and of course, you know, it's, it's, now that our mother is gone, it's, you know, we've, you're able to heal, I think, a lot easier and we don't have to, you know, deal with a lot anymore. Um, it, that's all stopped. But knowing now what you know, what would you have, what would you, how could you basically guide anybody who's dealing with um, a mother who has these sort of toxic um, attributes. What would you? What kind of advice would you give somebody after all you've been through? I would say, I would say the best thing I ever did was to not talk to her and cut her and cut her out of my life, like Sherry said. Like put an end to it and learn. You know, I eventually learned to keep her at arm's length, but you ha- actually have to be real with yourself and realize that this person is sick and they are not able to love or be kind to you, no matter who you are. And it's not your fault because of their shortcomings. So when people tell you, because people would say to me, but it's your mother, just like Dr. Sherry Campbell's book, but it's your family, but it's your mother. I don't care who it is. You know, you have murderers, Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy and all those people who were somebody's son, somebody's husband, somebody's brother, but they're horrible, toxic, evil people. My mother was a horrible, toxic, mean, miserable person that I just couldn't have in my life. And by me cutting her, stopping the relationship and not talking to her was what I was able to do. And, you know, she didn't meet my children until my oldest daughter was 10 and my younger one was eight. So I made sure that she never was in their life because she did not deserve to have that relationship with my kids because that was not, that was a privilege, not a, um, what do you call it? All right. Knowing my kids was a, was a privilege. It was not her right to know my children. Well, and it sounds like she did not earn, earn that right. And it sounds like you're, you're, you didn't want her to meet them because you didn't want any of that toxic behavior to affect them in, in any way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not. I just, I, they did not need to have that. And nor did I need for her, them to see me be treated that way. What would that be? Now, see, I had the opposite situation. And the only thing I'll say is that when my daughter would get out of line, she knew what a good mother was because she saw what her grandmother was. And I would say to her, I will send you right to your grandmother's for, you know, a week straight. And she she would sit in line. So my sister missed out on using that tool because her kids didn't know about our mother so I would say. Oh, so, you, so your daughter met your. My your daughter mother. had a relationship with her mother and knew her, and I and would said, just oh, say, "Oh no, this is this is terrible. I'm going to straighten up because yeah. I like don't, I don't she never be said, she was never the kid to be like you're a horrible mother because Cause that's normal because she saw because that's normal yeah <laughs> guilt <laughs> mommy, de- mommy dearest right <laughs> <laughs> oh you want to lie oh, okay, let's, let me book you a trip to Vegas to go spend time with your grandmother for a week straight. Oh my God. Yeah. I could never do that to my daughter. Never. I, I just, I just loved them so much. And I just thought I could never let anybody even get in their heads to even put those things in there, the thoughts in their heads about how, what, any of those horrible feelings. Oh, well, you're a good mom. I'm not. 
You are a terrible mother. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. So, so one, one last. <laughs> so on that note. So another, another question. One, one more quick question. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So you, you guys got to, because um, I, I imagine some people, um, like you said, Michelle, earlier, people say, oh, but it's your mother. Um, at some point, you got, you, you, you reached a point where you said, I can't salvage this relationship. I'm not going to get clo- closure. There's not going to be any resolution. And I need to um, keep my distance. At, when did you get to that point where you said, oh, this is not going to, we're not going to. I'll tell you, know, you exactly. I can tell you exactly where I was and when it, when it happened. I was living in Seattle because after I got married, I moved to Seattle. And I was not talking to my mother because um, at that point, my mother was not being, had not been nice to my sister. She, there was a whole thing that happened with my sister Constance. And um, my mom was just, my mom beat the shit out of her one time so bad that I was appalled and that nobody from her Constance's school called CPS. I called them out on it. And um, I had a little party, okay, just a tiny little party that turned into a huge house party. Yeah, it constantly, the teacher pulled my, this is uh, all seriousness, the teacher pulled my sister out of class one day and asked her, why do you have bruises all over your legs? And when Constance told me that, I was, I I was beside myself because I was not anywhere near where I could scoop her up and take her to where I needed to take her to be safe. And I knew this was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen next because this was the same thing that had happened to me. And um, anyhow, I stopped talking to my mom because she was working on marrying her third husband, which I thought was a very bad idea because my brother and sister were so young. And I told my mother, it's probably not a good idea because the kids are so young. You need to wait until at least the younger one is in high school and, you know, Constance has graduated, but no. So my mother had already done this to my sister moved and abandoned my brother and sister and moved to Vegas, left them with their, their elderly father, who was like, how old was your dad? Old. He's seven. He was old and he was sickly. So left them like with no parent really and stopped paying Constance's tuition. It was a whole thing. Like it, it, it was a, it was a nightmare for me because she just left my brother, fucking left my sister and brother. I, I was appalled. And, um, so when my mom was, my mom was in Vegas and she got sick with, pneumonia. And my grandma was calling me and saying, you need to call your mother. She's in the hospital. She's sick with pneumonia. She's very sick. And I said, I don't want to talk to her because I had it. Cause this was the, this was the, this was the thing was like, I knew something was going to happen for somebody to say something was going to happen. Your mother wants to talk to you. Well, no, I don't want to talk to my mother. She's, I, I really don't want to, I, I need an apology from her. I need her to like step up. And then a cousin, one of my cousins called me and said, you need to call your mom. And I knew when he called me that things had to have been not okay with her. So I called the hospital and I said, you know, I was her daughter and what's going on with her. And they said, well, she has pneumonia. She's very ill. They didn't know she had like bacterial or viral pneumonia. So I said, okay, well, patch me and then to her room. So my mother answers the phone, right? And she answers, she goes, Oh, hello. And I said, hi, ma, it's Michelle. Um, I said, hi, ma, it's me. I said, Grandma said to call you. You're sick. Long pause. And she said to me, will you go fuck yourself? Mind your fucking business and go fuck yourself. I never want to hear from you again. And hung up on me. And I thought, this is a woman who's on her deathbed and she tells me to go fuck myself? 
and her daughter, I'm her daughter and I'm calling her. I'm, I, I'm, I'm reaching the olive. Like it took so much for me to muster up whatever the courage to, to call. Yeah. Not even the, the, not even the courage of the guts, but to, to eat crow and reach across the aisle and say, you know, okay, ma, what's going on? And she hung up on me and I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And from then on, I knew like, if you were really that sick and your daughter who, who refused to talk to you called, would you not be like, thank you for calling me. I miss you. I love you. You, I'm sorry for what has come between us. If I get better, you need to make, make amends. And I don't want us to be apart. And I just yeah. thought, wow. Like, and I was pregnant with my first daughter at the time and she knew, and I thought, this is amazing. This is crazy. And so that was that. And then I thought for sure she may have reached out to me after the birth of my oldest daughter and not, a, not a thing, not a card, not a call, not a gift in the mail, nothing. And I just thought, you know what? You don't deserve to know my children. You cannot even acknowledge that they are in existence. And I am now a mother too. And after I had my kids, I realized how horrible she really was because I knew the love I had for my daughters and I knew the ends of the earth that I would go to for them. And how much I wanted to keep them safe and perfect and teach them and love them. And I thought I could never do it. How could you be mean to them? And I just thought this woman's crazy. So that's when that was my aha moment really. Wow. Was that's, like, there it is. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty, that's so, pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. So that's it. You yeah. learned a lot about well, us today, Jerome. I did. <laughs> I learned, I learned more and I'm, I'm more afraid of Constance now than, <laughs> I was before. Here's what we learned in this podcast. No contact is actually a good thing for some people. Mm -hmm. And don't send your dying mother a book on dying gracefully. It's not going to go over as well as you think it might. It is not going to go over well. I think the book by itself might have been okay. It's it's, it's, I think it's like (laughs) the thing, it sends you something that would hasten your death along with a book on how to die gracefully. I think it's the two of those things together that are, are... you it know, was just, just a kinda... slight blonde moment I had. Oh my god! Just a little blonde moment. She was right. so mad. She oh was, my god! Can you? She goes, and and your sister, and your step mother motherfucker. That your sister sends me nuts and fruit. <laughs> doesn't she know I'm allergic? I'm like, well, I guess she doesn't really realize. How could she not know? I'm like, well, you know, I said it is constant. She's blonde. I said, I, I'm sorry that. She did that. I'll have to have a talk with her. Oh, my God. How about the... Wait, Constance, tell the story about the pie crust. Oh, my God. She, she was starting to lose it. And so she was just... She woke up from being asleep, and she was pissed off because she said my sister sent her pie crusts that had no pie in it. And so, I, I mean, she was so convincing that I believed it. And I'm like, what the hell? So I call my sister. I call Michelle. Did you send her pie crusts? What? Did you send her empty pie crusts? Because she is, she's livid right now. She is pissed. And Michelle's like, what the hell is going on? No, you know, she was taking so many drugs. Like, she didn't know up, down. She didn't know oh anything. Oh, my God. So we were, I mean, you can't even imagine the last few months of her life was just a complete whirlwind of, like, it did this happen, so, didn't oh this God. happen? Is this true? Isn't it true? So you, so you did not send her empty pie crusts? No, there was nothing. It was, she has no idea what she was talking about. And then another time I was there and she was like, I walked in and she's like, I got to talk to you about something. And I'm thinking, okay, she's going to tell me like 
her dying wish. Like, I'm like, wow, whatever you want, I'll make sure it's taken care of. That's the problem is like, I was always like, whatever you want, I'll make sure like you could trust me. I'll do whatever you want. She's like, you and your father have teamed up against me with my insurance company. I'm like, what? Mind you, my parents were divorced since I was two. And this was like 40 years of divorce. I go, what are you talking about? He, my insurance company, she was out of it because she wasn't getting enough oxygen to her brain because she wasn't wearing her, um, her oxygen. So we had to call the paramedics because her oxygen got so bad. By the time the paramedics came, she was really losing it. They put her on the gurney, and I'm standing in the hallway, and she's like, you, you son of a bitch, you son of a bitch, you son of a son of a bitch. You're calling the doctors, and you're plotting against me, and they're rolling her out the door, and she's yelling, pointing at me. The paramedics are standing there. She's like, she goes, and that motherfucker over there, yeah, her, my daughter, she's full of shit. Don't listen to her. I'm fine. They're like, okay, we're going to take you to St. Rose. Get in the hospital. Get in the ambulance. We had some good. We had some good laughs on that woman's expense. I gotta tell you, we oh had. Oh my god! We have been through oh my god. hell and back, but some of those were some of the funniest, funniest moments in this poor oh. woman's death. We had so much entertainment, and yet. <laughs> and it, it brought you guys it closer. Was, it brought together. us closer. It brought us closer. That's all Even I could closer. say. Nobody could have gone through what we've been through. I mean, truly, really, in one lifetime, what we've been through has been epic. Oh. All right, so okay. so, so uh, thank you for being our guest. I'm sure we'll see more of you because I'm sure you'll, you know, think of more topics to discuss. So stay tuned, audience. <laughs> She'll oh be God. back on so for some other many. things. I have so many. Listen, if you guys want any other topics to be discussed with my sister and I, please let us know. We can just <laughs> talk away. We got all kinds of stuff. Well, we have all kinds of stories. Okay, I, I'll, I'll just fade into the background. I know, background she's just taking you out, Jerome. She's I know, like, I'll just fade into the background. You guys can, uh, <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll just do the technical, for control. technical stuff. Right, right. But thanks, thanks so much for joining us, Michelle. Thanks for doing this. Sure. All right. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. To probably right. like in an hour. Bye. <laughs> all right, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Okay, so you know, so we could, you know, so we could end it there. But you've, and, and I'm going to be the last one to to try to force you to talk about something because you know I'm sort of, you know, private and I don't, yeah. I don't talk a whole lot about stuff. But you know, when we talked to your sister, um, your sister mentioned this incident with you that was like one of the reasons why, you know, that made her go, you know what, I I gotta um, put some distance between herself and your mom. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, we can edit this out or yeah, not talk yeah, about it fine. if you want to. But you said, oh, I, I had a little party. Yeah. You know, and then I had never heard this story before. Mm-hmm. But when you elaborated on the story, I was like, holy shit. This I, is... Okay, so you know how we ask did you notice in the interview with Kyle how it's what I find interesting is people a lot of times don't have very good examples. It's like this person is horrible, this person is evil, this person tried to make my life miserable. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's and it's interesting because you forget, you really do forget the stuff you've gone through because you are trying to heal and you're trying to forgive. So like if it was at the top of my brain, that sort of story, let's say, mm-hmm. I would not really be healed or have forgiven. Does that make sense? Oh, got it. Okay. So it's not like I don't want to talk about it or it's like going to bother me or I'm going to have nightmares all night. 
Um, it's not that. It's like, I, oh my God, I totally forgot about that. I really have forgotten so much. Um, I think sometimes people suppress things because they haven't dealt with them. And I think sometimes when you've dealt with them and you've talked about them at nauseum, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I forgot about that story. You, you've let it go. You've let the specifics of these stories go, but you're left still with the impression of that's a bad person. Correct. Yes. Okay. And I think okay. a lot of times you just forget. There's so much. There's so much in your brain that it's like hard to even come up. Like someone will say, you know, craziest mom story. And I do this to our guests. Craziest mm-hmm. mom story. Come up with one. And I mean, Dana freaking wins the, oh, the prize on that down. one. Forever. But no no one's all, ever going to. We <laughs> all have crazy stories because we've come from these sorts of people. If you've come from a toxic mother, you have insane stories. It's just, they're not at the forefront of your brain a lot of times. So yes, when I was in high school, uh, my mother went to dinner and her dinners were like eight hours long. Like where she went, I have no idea. Did you say eight hours long? Yeah, like she'd be gone for, I mean, truly like eight hours. That's like a work day. I don't want to know what she was doing or where she was. All I know is it was, all I know is it was enough time for me to throw a party. Okay. Okay. It's all that mattered. And so as I studied her pattern, I knew what time she'd be home. And I knew it would be late. And I thought, we're throwing a party. So, you know, I'm a kid. My parents are divorced. They're fighting like they were feuding like you wouldn't believe. Court battles. And like my sister had mentioned even in the podcast, I at one point, they were going to kick me out of Catholic school because no one was paying my tuition. I mean, no kid should have to worry about that. My parents had plenty of money. So there was not, this was not a financial issue. This was a. This was a power struggle. This was definitely a power struggle. Yes. But I didn't know that. I didn't know their finances, you know? So I'm just worried about like graduating high school. And in the midst of all that, my mother is dating our weird random neighbor. And I decide I'm throwing a party. Fuck it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a party. So, I mean, it was like, it was like a scene from a movie where like people are bringing in jugs of like stuff. I don't even know what it is. You know, I've never drank before, really. I was never a drinker, especially being this young. I mean, I wasn't. I was, well, what's so funny? You, you, was, you weren't a drinker then. Then. You're a drinker now. I've, I've progressed. Because, yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Just continue. So I'm a, you know, I'm a kid. I'm like, I, I've been through hell and back. I, I'm on depression medication because we also know that Every therapist I went to, my mother would take, and if it was if she was the problem, we we switched therapists. So we finally found the therapist that decided that, that you were the problem. I was the problem, okay. And my brother was the problem, and they were going to fix us, okay. And you know, put up put us on medication. I mean, and who knows if these people actually saw through? You know, maybe they were really truly intelligent psychologists and thought mm-hmm. this woman is the problem. Let's at least medicate these kids and try to, you know do what we can. So I'm on medication. I've never drank. You know, I've never had a dr- really drink. I decided Chevis Regal was the best thing I could find. I think that's scotch. I don't even know. Oh, I think, I don't it's know. Some that, brown it's some brown liquor. It's like, is it brandy? It's brandy something or, sick. Or, or uh, God, what is it? Um, cognac. Is it cognac? It could, I don't know. Okay. It maybe it's, could it's be some that. brown liquor. It's something brown. Let's put it this way. A, it's, a, it's a cheap brown liquor. It's a cheap brown liquor. I should have stuck with like Bud Light. That would have been my okay. best bet as a new drinker yeah. having a party in my home. By the way, if you're the hostess, you probably shouldn't get blind drunk. Okay. Okay. So I'm Let's new not. to drinking. Okay. <clears throat> I get insanely like wasted. I mean, not even wasted. I should have been rushed to the hospital. I probably should have needed my stomach pumped. 
I don't remember anything. I remember closing the bathroom door, drinking the Chevis Regal, and that was all I remember. My friend thought, my best friend thought I was dead. So she called my mother and said, we need help. Like, please come here. Now, that was the worst thing she could have done because my mother rushed home and took a belt and no joke, beat the shit out of me. I know nothing of this except for what my friend told me. She said she took the belt buckle and beat the living shit out of me. My mother thought I was dead, but still apparently decided to continue to beat the shit out of me just to get her anger out. Her boyfriend stood there and watched this and apparently thought this was okay. He was a homicide detective. Wow. Which just makes it the story funnier. Um, next day I wake up. I call this friend of mine. I feel I can't move my body. I physically cannot bend my legs. I cannot move my arms. It, I truly thought a truck, like a truck or a train ran over me. I called her and I said, oh my God, what happened? And I mean, I am oblivious to what happened. And she tells me what happened the night before I called your mom. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And she's like, your mom thought you were dead and beat the shit out of you. Wow. I go to school. My mother will not speak to me. I mean, she is swearing, mother effing me up and down. And I'm like, oh my God, I am in so much trouble. I went to school and they saw bruises all over my body. I mean, I couldn't hide them. And they called DCFS. They had to come in and ask me all these questions. I was mortified. Of course, I thought I did something too severely wrong, which I did. I thought I deserved that, you know? I knew it was a little messed up. So the school calls DCFS. Yes. They start asking you questions. And I'm like, well, I had a party and I, you know, shouldn't have. And my mom was just mad. And, you know, I was like, she never does this again. Like, I don't want to be taken from my family, you know? Plus, I mean, like, where are they going to take me, you know? I mean, I'm trying to protect my family. Also, I don't want anyone to think poorly of my family. So I'm protecting them. Like, this was a one-time thing. And no, they've never hit me with the belt. And we did this whole interview. And they ended up finding that, you know, she was... Like, this was an isolated incident or whatever they found. Um, but I definitely made a light of it. And um, that, my, I didn't, I didn't, liter- that story, I didn't live down until the, the day that my mother died. She spoke about that story. I mean, I was a 30-some-year-old woman, and she's still bringing up the story about how I went against her and had this party. I'm like, lady, it's a party. It was a party. I was like, I was a kid going through a hard time. Well, she's still talking about the party, not about that you were beat with a belt buckle. Oh, no, we didn't talk about that part. She was like, you knew you deserved it. Because you deserved that. She would say it. You knew you deserved it. Wow. And even, I mean, after having kids, and I have a 21-year-old. She's done some stupid, stupid shit. I mean, I have never taken a belt buckle. I've never taken a belt and hit her. I've done other things (laughs) (laughs) to punish her, but no physical harm. Like, I mean, that's pretty... That's uncalled for, in my opinion. Well, and... I mean, and again, I'm... I mean, I'm... I don't know. I'm speculating here, but I'm... You know, you're you're passed out. I mean, most... Parents, I would think, you know, coming from the guy that doesn't have kids, I think, I think most parents would go, oh, my God, my child, you know, and then when you wake up, there's going to be some consequences. But I'm, at least I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Or are you okay? okay or once, should we maybe if, go to the hospital? Yeah, once, yeah, I hope you're okay. And once, if you're okay, then some shit's going to go right. down after this. Not that you're, you're unconscious and she's beating you. I like mean, if, I, is, if I actually died, 
which could have very easily, I, I believe, happened because, I mean, I've, I've drank, you know. I've had some nights, you know, in my 20s, okay, that nothing in my life compared to that. Like that was, uh, and, and maybe it was the mixture of medication and, you know, my first time drinking. I don't know what happened to me that night, but that was messed up. Um, that you would think that your own mother would be worried about you, not so mad and worried about what you made her look like, because that was always what it was. It was, I was sitting at dinner talking to this nice couple who, who the hell were they? I don't know. And I was telling them what a great daughter I have. And that's what she, she has always brought it back to. I told them what a great daughter I had. And immediately following those words coming out of my mouth, I got the phone call that you had a party and that she had to leave her dinner and tell them my daughter just had a party. So like foot in mouth, insert foot in mouth is how she felt. And I made her look bad. And that was why she was really mad. It was okay, about I'm gonna, her. Okay. Her so I'm going to ask you this question. Okay, yeah. That what you just told me, mm-hmm. do you believe that? Do I believe that she was sitting at dinner telling a couple what a great daughter she has <laughs> and then she gets a call about you. I don't know. I never thought about it. And then has to tell these people, this great daughter I have that I just told you about is now having a party. I got to go home now. You know what? I honestly never thought that that could not be true until right this second. I mean, that, I mean. I've I, believed that for, how old am I? Almost 40. I've believed that for over, tw- I mean, 25 years. I believe that story. You believed it. I did. I did. No, I'm, I'm, no and, I'm, and I'm just saying this now. I mean, because, you know, when you, when you think about it, it really kind of is, almost sounds like a story that's designed to make you feel even worse. I was just telling somebody how great you were. Oh, my you know? God. I so if I'm sitting at that. home, if I'm sitting at dinner and I'm telling a couple, you know, I've got this great kid at home, and then I get a call that this great kid is passed out. Now, the, because the person that called your mother didn't say, hey, we're having a party. Right. They said, oh, my God, something's wrong with Constance. Right. So, right. so I'm sitting at dinner telling these people how great you are, and I get this call. I'm like, oh, my God, my great kid, I got to go home right now. I right. got to see about her, you know, and make sure she's okay. I never but not thought to, not to say this. that, Not to say that, oh, my God, you know, my great kid is having a party. I just told you how great she is. I'm sorry. She's not great. She's having a party. Oh, my God. I never thought about this till right now. Wow. Wow. I carried that lie around for a long time. You're right. She probably wasn't saying that. Oh, my God. Hello. I'm not saying that she wasn't saying that you were great, but the whole thing yes. together. You're so Very great. Very convenient, you're right? So, I, was just, I was just building you up. Yes. You know, because that, yes. that, that makes you feel even worse. I was just building you up to these people. And then I had to tell these people that you had a party at my house. You're right. That's so fucked up. That is so, you're right. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So. But you know what? I will tell you, that was, that was the moment that was eye-opening. I mean, I think that was a moment for my sister where she saw what my mother was doing and she was like, this is not okay. I mean, for her, that was reason enough to not speak to my mother. And for me, it was, it, it catapulted me into wanting to go live with my dad because I knew that this was not okay. Like beating the shit out of your kid who could actually be in harm's way. Or instead of saying, what is going on? What would make you drink this much? What would make you have this party? What would make you rebel? Because that's what that was. 
oh, wait, I mean, first and foremost, let's get you conscious. Right. <laughs> let's get, let's I'm, get to make sure you're alive. Oh, oh, my God. What is wrong with you? Let's get you conscious yeah, none first. None of that you know. hit her brain. And that's the moment where I was like, I, I can't live with this woman. Like, it was so, it got so bad, so, so bad, um, where we were getting into, like, physical altercations. And I was like, this is not going to work. And so I went and lived with my dad. And that was like the biggest, again, the biggest backstab I could have done to her. That's how she, how she phrased it. I backstabbed mm-hmm. her by going to live with my father. And wow. so that's, that's the story. I'm well, surprised I've never told you that one. No, I. God knows I did, what else I'm know, missing. I mean, I, I would have remembered that. I mean, if. I, I would have remembered. If you had told yeah. me that, I would I would remember that one. I don't think that one's on the forefront of my brain. There's so many. It's like hard to, you know, it's like what era do you want? You want, yeah. you know, little kid? You want high school? You, you know, want I mean, adult? And, and in some ways, I mean, that I think is probably a way of uh, of being able to function. You can't have that in the no. front of your brain, you know, the entire time. No. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty horrific story. And if that's sitting in the front of your brain all the time, I mean, that you have to deal with. So you kind of push it to the back. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know? You're right. So. Um, that's it. So I don't know. Like I said, we can edit anything out if you want to. because no, this you know. is fine. All right. Well, this was our Mother's Day edition. Okay. Happy Mother's um, Day happy- to all those mamas out there. And. Um, oh, and. You know, and you can listen to this episode and be grateful for the your, mother you have. The mother you have. If it's nothing uh, like ours. Or you can maybe see yourself in it and go, at least I'm not alone. All right. So for <laughs> for two fit to be tied, I'm Jerome. I'm Constance. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.